Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 565 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today on the podcast, I'll be speaking with Shannon. Shannon's a person who had my text number for a while, and she used it at times quite a bit. This episode is going to be a conversation about our conversations. Her child uses Control IQ, by the way. I had never seen it. I still haven't held it in my hands, uh, but I had never seen it or even considered it when I tried to help Shannon. So it was an interesting experience that the two of us had together. I hope you enjoy listening all about it. While you are listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Hey, if you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm going to have some content there for you really soon. There's going to be some video stuff coming to TikTok, the private Facebook group, and YouTube. Uh, if you're on the TikTok, go check it out. I believe I'm at Juicebox Podcast. There's stuff there, so you'll know it's me. I know I'm too old for TikTok. That's not the point. I'm not going to like do a dance. It's just, you'll see. We got some stuff. You're going to like it. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Learn more and get started today at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod Promise, which I'm going to tell you more about in the ad. For the moment, all you need to know is Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at JuiceboxPodcast.com to these and all of the advertisers. So I'm Shannon. I live in Dallas or outside of Dallas and I have two boys. A 15-year-old, he's non-type 1, and an 11-year-old who is type 1. And he was diagnosed two years ago, two and a half-ish, I guess, in September of 2018. Hmm. Well, that sounds terrific. We're going to stick with this. Okay, good. Can we just keep going? Sure. All right. So I, f- I feel weird. Like I don't have any light, so my face is lit up, is not... Oh, I, well, we, I turned the video off. I just didn't know how to explain this thing okay. over here that I borrowed from a friend. It obviously doesn't work. Yeah. Big, big help your friend was. All right. Uh. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and he's a techie guy, too. Is he? Yeah, I thought he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, but I'm saying, is he? <laughs> All right. Well, All right, let's, we'll, drop, we'll drop the video, and that way we'll have a, a stronger signal in general. Okay. We won't be asking so much there we go. of the application. All right, cool. So... Because I just did that functionally, I wasn't paying attention. Do you have two kids? Uh, how old are they? I can start. Do you want me to start over? No, just tell me how old the kids are. <laughs> okay, I have a 15-year-old, uh, both boys. 15-year-old Noah is his name, and he is not type 1. And I have an 11-year-old. Uh, his name is Nathan, and he is type 1. And how long has Nathan had diabetes? Uh, he was diagnosed September 2018. So he was about nine. We're two and a half years. So this September, he'll be... It'll be three years. Okay. And let's just sort of like get this out of the way a little bit. So how do, how do you and I know each other? Like where, where did you, where did you track me down? How did that happen? (laughs) Okay. So, um, we were struggling 
a lot with blood sugars. Um, and, and I do feel like ADHD plays a huge role in his blood sugars. And I kind of reached a point where I was probably on the edge of a cliff and I, I didn't know what else to do. I'd been listening to the podcast, um, trying to like work it all out in my head and figure out how I was going to fix this. He was on a horrible roller coaster. And so I posted on the Facebook group, like maybe somebody can help me control IQ is its whole own beast. And I know not many people, well, at least I feel like not many people on your site are on control IQ. I feel like most people are on Omnipod. So I was like, well, I don't know what kind of help I'll get, but I'll try. Uh, so I did. And I explained our struggle and this lady got on there and she was just trying to like keep my posts bumped up so it didn't get lost. And like, maybe somebody would come across it could help me. And she was really nice. And she, at the end of it, I guess, like I, nobody else responded, I don't think. And she tagged you. And so secretly, I was probably hoping like, maybe, maybe you'll see this. Like, maybe somebody will tag you. I don't want to be like stalker or anything. But I was like, maybe somebody will find him. And so you did. You uh, you messaged me. And that's what started all this. Yeah, this, this is my fault, you're saying? Uh, pretty much. I've yeah. done this to myself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, you're delightful. So there's oh, no nothing's been done. Um, but wait a minute. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm laughing for no reason at the moment. Um, <laughs> okay. So, okay. I have no idea why I'm laughing. What um what constituted a problem? Like, what made you feel like you were on the edge? He was all over the place. Nathan's blood sugars were all over the place. Okay. I, I mean, we would, I couldn't ever really get him in a straight line. If I had him in a straight line for a short amount of time, then the kid felt like he needed to eat. So then that would jack that up even more. So it was, and I was pretty much, I felt like I'm doing a lot of it by myself. I love his endocrinologist. I mean, I love them and I love his educator but it was more like he's in range 80% of the time. He's fine. And I'm like, that's not fine for me. Like I'm very, I want this to be perfect. I'm a nurse. I feel like I should know what I'm doing. And I'm clueless here trying to figure out how to make my kid sugars in range. So he feels better. So he's not missing so much class because of high blood sugars, low blood sugars, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I was just, I was about, I was on the edge. <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying as you're talking to remember the first time we spoke on the phone and I'm starting to like, it's coming to focus now. So, so. we, I think it was, I want to say it was like a Friday generally because um, I had come home and I was like, I, I we got to go out. I told my husband, I was like, we got, we got to go, go out. I got to get away from diabetes for like a little bit. And so my father-in-law watches the boys. Um, and we usually go to out to dinner, go to a hotel. I'm like, I just got to get away. And so you, I had posted that earlier in the day, I think. And then you messaged me that night and I wasn't even around Nathan. And you're like, well, you, you were telling me some stuff to do or something like that. And I was like, well, the kids with my father-in-law. So, so I was like, I wasn't even there. Shannon, I have to admit, you left that bit out on the phone. So let, let's make sure we're understanding everything. So once in a while, <laughs> you and your husband just go grab some food and have sex in a strange location <laughs> to avoid your children. I, I just had to get out. Like, just there. I'm just saying the, ho lot. the hotel part was not part of my understanding. 
Okay, well, I left that part out, but, you know, <laughs> I felt like you needed a little bit of context because I told you on the phone, I was like, well, he's not here. He's with my father-in-law. And so, I didn't, like, I was, don't just dump my kid. My father-in-law lives with us. So I was like, I don't really just dump him on random people. I just was like, at that moment, you wanted to know why I was on the edge. So I was on the edge. All right. Did the hotel <laughs> trip bring you back from the edge? Um... Not really. <laughs> I mean, a little, maybe a little bit. Wow, that's a swing at your husband. I feel like <laughs> I, just, I don't. No, I don't mean. And he said, "Be careful what you say." <laughs> well, it's too late now. Um, <laughs> too late. <laughs> no, no, it's diabetes. Diabetes was about to send me over there. No, I understand. Not him. How long ago was this? Do you feel like? Oh, oh, I looked it up because I figured you're going to ask me that. It was October of uh, 2020, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's only yeah. About, six it October. about six months ago. Yeah. All right. So this was interesting for me because I've never looked at or seen a control IQ pump. And so I was just sort of trying to take what I know about algorithms in general and apply it to what you were explaining to me over the phone, which now I realize you were explaining to me over a serving cart in a in a in a Best Western or something. <laughs> it was not a Best Western. We go to nice hotels. Please. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Get you fancy. Oh, you're not that fancy, but it's better than a Best Western. Yeah, you're not paying by the hour, you're saying, at least. No, this is true. This is true. So, okay. So, I now, now that's, it, it really does make it more interesting because I'm asking you questions and you did seem flummoxed at the time. I didn't recognize it totally because why. Um, so, I, was I any help that first time? Um, I can't imagine. Y- yes and no. I mean, I would say you kind of like pulled me back in off the edge just a little bit because you you made it sound attainable, I guess. Like, I can do this, right? but I needed a little bit more information because at that current point where I was almost <laughs> on the cliff, I needed a little bit more than just like, okay, listen to this episode of the podcast because I felt like I was. I I had a friend who I met through like a local Facebook thing. She lives nearby and she's the one who recommended the podcast to me. Um, but I had just met her and I was like, okay, I'll take a look at it. So I had kind of started, it was very overwhelming looking at it coming from, you know, 400 and some episodes of a podcast. And so I kind of, and I, I know some of it, so I could skip the basil and the bolus episode and those kind of things. Um, but I needed just more like concrete as far as like, I don't know. So, Does that make sense? No. I need a little bit more information from you. <laughs> well, here's what makes sense from my perspective, having had a number of conversations like this. Nurses are, generally speaking, not great at diabetes when their kids are diagnosed right away. Yeah, I could, I can see that. Okay, so there's something about your training that expects times and numbers and measurements, I guess, and rules. Like you want like, hey, we check this thing here and here. And if it's between this and this, we do that or this. Like that's that seems to be the the main issue. And then there's also some control aspect of it. I don't know if that's part of being a nurse or not, like feeling like you're in control of something. And mm-hmm. then and then you're not when your kid gets diabetes or you get diabetes. Um so I mean I don't ask everybody what they do for a living when I'm talking to them. I don't ask anybody, but I am well aware that I've spoken to dozens of nurses. So to me, that's anecdotally is telling somehow. Um, yeah. You know, so 
is that ringing true with you at all? Well, I think mine would probably be more of the control because I mean, yes, when, when you're a nurse and you work in a hospital and the doctor gives you some random sliding scale and you check the patient's blood sugar before meals and at bedtime and, you know, here's their correction, here's their long acting. Like it's very different. Yes. I don't really like that sliding scale aspect as far as, especially for type ones, when you take care of them in the hospital, I feel like that's usually a hot mess, but mine is more like the control. I feel like I should be able to figure this out. See, now and you, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Than you think. For me, like putting some, putting someone in a hospital setting to me seems like the easiest way to get them, their diabetes straightened out because they're eating on such a schedule. And I feel like I could do that. Like, with my eyes closed almost like that would be really cool. Cause you just have to get their basal right and then work off of it. And I don't know, like the, the oh. thing that I find challenging is meeting a person I've never spoken to before in my life who I've never been in their presence before and asking them enough questions to get a feeling for where they're at and what they need. And I do remember that the first time we spoke, my overwhelming feeling was that you just needed to relax a little bit. And <laughs> I remember you probably told me that I was listening to one of the, I don't remember which episode it was, but you mentioned helping a lady and you told, and you said, I told her, you said, I'm just going to speak to you like a friend, but I need to tell you to relax a little. And I busted out laughing because I'm pretty sure that was me. And then you said, but, and she said that her husband tells her to relax all the time. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that was me too. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. There's probably about five dozen people right now. who are like, I feel like that might've been me, but I get what you're saying. You're probably, you're probably right. You're but probably time, right. but timing wise, it, it, it very well might've been like, it might've been the last time I thought that. And it really yeah. does. You know, like, I don't know another way to say it, but there are times when I speak to people where it just, you have that feeling like it's, if this was a 1930s movie, I'd slap you across the face and tell you to pull yourself together. You know what I mean? <laughs> I probably needed that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, since I can't do that and I don't think we hit each other anymore, like the world's progressed since then. Uh, but I, um, I'm saying that it's that feeling like you need to be braced and kind of shook back into like, all right, calm, like calm down for a second. Like this is yeah. because it, it's interesting. You didn't start off. Well, maybe you started off a little frazzled, but when you don't get the tools given to you, when you don't get the ideas explained, it is a slippery slope that you slide down really quickly and you don't recognize it because diabetes days are so segmented into these like hour and a half or three hour like little lifetimes. And so in the beginning, you're just like, okay, I'll get up in the morning. We'll correct. Then we'll measure carbs and give insulin. And if it's not going well, then the next step is, and everything's going to go wrong. And hopefully in two or three hours, it won't be such a mess because then there's going to be another meal. And I don't know what to do. And, and that builds on itself until you really are just a person sitting in the corner, like banging your head against the wall. <laughs> in the fetal position. Yeah, yeah. just being like, oh my God, I, nothing is helping. I can't even, like nothing's helping. Um, yeah. And you're, and you're chasing. And that really, to me, is the worst place to be managing insulin is chasing. Like when, when mm -hmm. you, I, I don't like to repeat myself too much, but when you understand that everything you're doing with insulin now is for later, or more specifically, everything you did earlier with insulin is for now. When you start understanding that you're in a time shift already, and then you're trying to react in the moment to what's happening, like what you're doing right now, if you're panicking, is trying to fix what you're seeing, except what you're seeing is happening because of what you did an earlier. hour, 
There you go. Yeah. More, right. And so mm-hmm. you're always behind the reality. And when you're behind reality, you're chasing the blood sugars and you can't catch them that way. Like you, it takes a really skilled person to play from behind like that and, and do it well and keep it going. Like I can do it. Like I can, like if you put me in a situation where your kid was like 200 and he wanted to eat in 30 minutes, I could make a bolus that would an hour after they ate or 90 minutes from that bolus level things out and it wouldn't go up or down again. But that's a lot of practice and a lot of theory, like in a lot of seeing things. Most people are not going to be able to do that, which is why I tell them to crush it, catch it and start over, You, you know, because you don't have the skills to to play at that speed. Um, and you were definitely in that situation. Plus on top of that, right. somebody gave you an algorithm based pump and did not put your settings anywhere near right. Well, and part of it, I wonder too, is that, so he was diagnosed super early. I mean, we, I felt like he had the longest honeymoon ever, mm-hmm. which I think made it slightly more difficult because when we started off on Lantis and we, they sent us home on like six units, which was, I think they told me half of what he should have been on based off his weight. Right. And then we slowly made it down to four and then, um, then we got a pump. And so he started off on such a low basal and then we progressively over time came out of this honeymoon. So it's not like it just ended where I could go like, wow, I can see that we need a lot more. It was just a little bit more here, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then his pancreas would decide to like show up for the party and then we'd be back down again. And it was like trying, it's playing like it was a guessing game every single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're in a, you're in a completely different hellscape, honestly, because you're, you're getting an injected amount of basal insulin that you sometimes need and sometimes don't need. Don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long was, uh, was, um, Nathan MDI? Um, so it was diagnosed in September. And then shortly after that, that was when like my insurance decided they were only contracts with one specific pump manufacturer. And so I had to fight for a good bit to try to get the tandem for him um because my dad is type one also and he has that medtronic pump and so um it took a minute to like to not get that one to get the tandem so i'm trying to remember exactly when it was but i want to say it was like february of march of uh 2019 okay so he was only maybe six months or so MDI. Right. I want to say. But how, and so for the first six months of MDI, you're in a situation where there's a honeymoon and things are crazy to Mm -hmm. begin with. And then I'm imagining someone told you, oh, we'll get a pump and this will fix it. And then was the honeymoon gone by the time the pump started or no? No, no. Because then we started on basal IQ um, with the pump and it did help because I, because he was playing soccer at the time. And I felt like we were always fighting the Lantis with the soccer. He would have an entire night of lows after soccer. Hmm. Um, And so we were able to, with the pump, I could just unhook him and he could go play soccer. And then I, the basal IQ would help during the night. So it it was beneficial, I feel like, because then I wasn't fighting Lantis all the time. So when you unhooked for soccer, um, did he get high after and then low again later, but not as low because of basal IQ? He he didn't get high. High. I mean, he. I'm trying to remember. He he wasn't super high. Like he didn't get, probably get above two hundreds, and but he he would come crashing right back down 
after soccer with the Lantis and with the basal IQ and I put him back on. Um, it did help, but we still had lows, but they weren't near as bad as they were with the Lantis. And, and persistent, I would imagine, less persistent. Exactly, yes. It was like we would get him back up and we'd go right back down again. He was getting so many uncovered carbs. And I was like, how do you figure that out? <laughs> yeah, you just do. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now, okay. And so then how long did, were you in that kind of struggle space until you talked to me in October? Well, then we got control IQ, um, which I, I thought would have helped with, cause then now we're starting to get the higher spikes cause we are slowly coming out of the honeymoon and we're, and only going back to his endo, then they would slowly increase his basal like by 10% at most, you know? Mm -hmm. So we kept getting these highs. So I thought like control IQ would be the answer. And that came out January or so. I think we had it by the end of January of 20. Well, 20, 2020, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You used it about 10 months before you and I ever spoke. Correct. Gotcha. And that whole time was just the more high blood sugars. It was just the roller coaster up and down, up and down. He never really got super high because then I would just keep overriding the pump and correcting and correcting and correcting. Mm -hmm. So he would come down a little bit and then we'd go right back up. I mean, it's not like a situation where he'd spend in the like 400s for extended periods of time. Yeah. You know, his was more like spikes with breakfast, like twos, three hundreds. Then we come crashing back down. Then I give him insulin. We come back up and then on and on and on. Yeah. So generally speaking, if you're high and bolus and come down and then go back up again, then that's your basil's not holding you in place. Right. But you weren't thinking of it that way, right? No, not at that point. Not okay. before I spoke to you. Okay. I mean, I would just go, I would send his data to his uh, educator and she would be like, okay, here, make a couple changes here, a couple changes here, but it was nothing tr major. But, and sometimes when we did make changes, I'd have to go back because, so he was super sensitive at one point, I would make some changes and we'd lower the carb factor, carb ratio or whatever. And then, um, he would crash. And so I'd have to go back and then wait till him for him to come up a little bit. And then the next day we'd have to go back again. And then I'd go back to her original changes. Cause it was a change that he probably needed, but he was so sensitive to it. Hmm. It's interesting that everyone discusses it this way. Like the, the explanation of this moment in your life with type one, it, it comes out of everyone's mouth exactly the same way. Like I, you know, we were high all the time. And so we made it a little, you know, we tried a change and then we started crashing. So we put it back and it's just, it, it's, you're always chasing the wrong thing too. It's nobody's, right. it's no one's fault, but they just, listen, I, I mean, I don't know why at this point it's not simpler to understand, but it's basal and then it's pre bolusing and then it's understanding the different impacts of foods. And that's pretty much the biggest problem right there. Those three ideas right. get yeah. you into a different place because you don't understand what you're doing. I don't just mean you, I just mean in general, you're in a mm -hmm. position where you don't understand what you're doing and there are these impact. They're different ideas, right? So there's basal insulin is one thought. It's one idea. It's separate from everything else. You have to understand how that works. I'm going to do something a little different with the ads today. I went to the private Facebook group for the podcast and I asked a very simple question. Here's what I said. Can I get some help? I'm about to record my ads for this week 
Please tell me your favorite thing about Omnipod, Dexcom, Contour Next One, Trialnet, T1D Exchange, Touch by Type One, Givoke, whatever comes to mind. And then Aileen said that her favorite thing about Omnipod was that her child could swim without taking a pump break. Jamie said that the Omnipod was tubeless, and that was her favorite part. Stacy jumps in to say that the ability to microdose insulin and the ability for the wearer to be seen or not seen, depending on their desire, that's what she liked about Omnipod. M just loves that Omnipod is tubeless. She says that it ensures that her distractible teenager never has to remember to reconnect his pump. It's one less thing to remind him about. She said she's very grateful. Ryan said that Omnipod has changed the way they live directly. No needles is a big deal for them. And Stephanie, seven-year-old, doesn't feel like anything is, quote, wrong with him because he can keep his Omnipod private. Dina says that the Omnipod is easy to use and to insert. And Cheryl's preschooler is super active, and that's why she loves the tubeless nature of Omnipod. If you ask me, it's because you may be eligible right now for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. And all you need to do is go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box to find out. And if you're one of those people who's like, well, Scott, I would go get the Dash, but I'm really waiting for that next big thing from Omnipod. Don't worry about that. Because with the Omnipod promise, you can upgrade to Omnipod's latest technologies for no additional cost as soon as they're available to you and covered by insurance. Terms and conditions apply. Find out all the details at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You want to hear what these same people said about Dexcom? Well, Daphne said that Dexcom gave her and her type one family their life, sanity and sleep back. Dexcom, Dana says, is incredible technology for young kids who are hypo and aware. I believe it saved my son's life and has allowed me to feel more freedom with diabetes management. Carrie loves that her Dexcom data is at the ready to help her make dosing decisions. Dexcom, Marie says, has allowed her to be bold with insulin for her three-year-old toddler, who is a junk food junkie. And Jess says that Dexcom, well, I love that I can leave my three-year-old with other family members and get the real-time updates and text them with help about what to do. It gave me back some freedom being the primary caregiver. I want to thank the people who did this, and there's more. We're going to be using them in ads coming up in other episodes. Thank you guys very much. You all should check out the private Facebook group. It's called Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. There are over 16,000 members in there right now, just like you, talking about Type 1. Now, here's the thing I need you to know about Dexcom. Go over there and get going. Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. Up to 10 followers on iPhone or Android. See your blood sugars, speed and direction and number right there on your cell phone or on the Dexcom receiver. It's amazing. My daughter went out for a ride. She drives now, as crazy as that sounds. And as she was leaving, her blood sugar was a little low. We treated it, waited for it to stabilize. And now I can tell you her blood sugar is 107 and steady. And that makes me feel great. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Click on the links. Support the show. Let's get back to Shannon. Basal insulin is one thought. It's one idea. It's separate from everything else. You have to understand how that works. Then you have to understand the timing of the insulin at meals. That's a different thought. 
And then even once you have those things, if you don't recognize that 10 carbs of one food and 10 carbs of another food uh, will impact you differently or change the need for how long your pre-bolus is or whatever, there's a lot of you know different things there, then even if you get your basil right and you start understanding how to pre-bolus and then you eat a bowl of cereal, things are still going to seem out of control. So there's too many opportunities living on too many different planes of existence for something to go wrong. And inevitably somebody sees a basal problem and addresses their bolus or sees a bolus problem. And, and you know, the, the, the most, the most frequent thing that happens is that I can look at your graph and kind of get a feeling with a few questions. Like, is this a basal problem or a bolus problem? And if it's a basal issue and you say to somebody, okay, so what we need to do is turn your basal up here a little bit. They'll go, no, 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 he gets low. So, you need more basil so that your blood sugars will still stay stable away from food. And then you need to bolus correctly after you've done that. But it's a leap that people have trouble making. That how could I need right. more basil if I get low? You get low because you're bolusing your meals out of time because your basil is low or too low. Um, you're compensating with the boluses. And then eventually the food's out of the system and the boluses that are bigger than they need to be because the basil is lower than it needs to be crushes you you get super low and then somebody like me comes along and says i think you should move your basil up and that seems like wrong but (laughs) but it was right wasn't it yeah it was yeah it was it was a hard leap i will say because you jumped it up i'm trying to remember exactly what we were at but it was like like 0.5 or 0.6 something like that units an hour and you bumped it up to one and i was like whoa hold on (laughs) Well, then that becomes the next issue is percentages. So the number freezes people. Do you know what I mean by that? Like if, if, oh, you doubled it, that's got to be too much. That's double. Meanwhile, if you needed a unit, then you needed a unit. Like why is, you know, why is where you came from important? It just is. It happened to me when Arden was younger. It happens to everybody. Just like, wait, 0.3 to 0.6, that's twice as much insulin. And you get, you know, you get that feeling like that can't be right. But was it right or did we end up backing it back from there? So what had happened was that when um, you were looking at his graph and we upped it to one, then the next, so it it worked really well that night. And then the next day, I think he was off school um, and he had ended up having cellulitis. So a guy was up there with him that night when we were going through all that and he was itching his elbow and the next morning his elbow was swollen and red and he had this like raging infection. Hmm. So I took him to the doctor and they gave him some antibiotics. So he needed that much at that point because of the infection. And then, then come to find out later. And I think I told you this is that he was sneaking food also an issue we deal with. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of those crazy spikes. And so it, help that. But then when he got on the antibiotics and, um, the infection got better, I had to bring him back down a little bit cause it was too much. Right. Cause so there were, so there's a great example there's other variables that you and I were not aware of the infection being one of them and the introduction of carbs that nobody was aware of is, right. the, is the other. And you're, you're trying to look at this thing and make sense of it. And you don't even have all the, all the relevant information that's tough, but you figured it out. So that's pretty cool, actually. So how are things yeah. now, six months later? Um, well, it's better, for sure. Um, but we still have some struggles. Some of it is with 
the food from time to time that he sneaks or he will try to bowl us for, but doesn't always do a good job of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is. And I found out recently at school that they have like birthday parties in the morning and they bring donuts or they do birthday parties at lunch and they bring cookies. And so he doesn't want to be left out and that's fine. I never wanted him left out, but um, he won't bowl us appropriate. I'm like, why don't you just tell me? <laughs> So we can figure it out. So we still have struggles like that. His A1C, I think when we talked, like, I swear I couldn't get that kid out of the sevens um, and then, or like low sevens. And then we got down to like um, mid sixes, but then recently he was 5.9 and then his last one was 5.5. Oh, good for you. Well, yeah. So we, we've definitely, we've made progress. A lot of it has been crushing and catching it. for these like little sneaky food things that he mm-hmm. thinks. Um, well, I, I can but, tell you that here, if I hear the words, I've got it, I've got it. What that means is I'm about to eat and not pre-bolus. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's Arden's code for uh, like, if I'm like, Hey, you having a snack? She's like, I got it. I got it. And what I've learned that that means is I'm not going to be waiting before I eat this food. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. because if I say to her, okay, let's do this. Then I'm going to tell her how long to wait before she eats. So she just kind of she like, doesn't want to wait. She doesn't want to wait. And then a half an hour later, when I text her and I go, "Hey, your blood sugar seems to be going up," she goes, "I got it. I got it." So I got it. I- I, for me, I like to, I like her to have the experience so that a she doesn't feel like you know too tied to this time thing all the time, and so that she can also you know have experiences figuring out. Going, look, if I don't pre bolus, my blood sugar does go up. And now I'm stuck in this more bolusing again and everything. She's got to have that experience too. Like I only figured out to do it because I was having the experiences of taking care of her. She's going to need to have them as well. And I don't let them get like crazy out of hand. Like there are times when um, I'll say to her, like, I know you have it, but why don't you just put two more units in there? You know, because <laughs> she, she just doesn't see it the same way. I yeah. Um, but the yeah, I mean, listen, the sneaking food thing when you're wearing a pump is weird because you really uh-huh. just have to push a button. And I'm assuming you've said that to him. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. I mean, he likes to say like, oh, it's not fair because I have diabetes. And I'm like, no, somebody posted this. I think it was on your page about sinking food. And I'm like, yeah, we deal with this a lot. And I, I've taken the supportive route. Like, listen, buddy, all you have to do is just tell me. Like, we'll bowl us for it. But at sometimes it's going to be no, because it's nine o'clock at night and you don't need a huge bowl of ice cream because you need to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So it, like, it has nothing to do with diabetes. Like I wouldn't let your brother do that. So I'm not going to let you. So he likes to kind of try to use that as an excuse. And I'm like, no, not so much. So you call him on it. Yeah. 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 But, so I'm but, like, uh, no, but you're in Texas. So the answer is, <laughs> well, I'm in Texas for what? You're in Texas. You're not putting up with this crap. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, nice try, my friend. Nice try. <laughs> That's not flying there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see that at all. Uh, he's uh, he's trying he's trying to get out of it with a simple excuse, and you're not, and you're holding him to it. Yeah, and it works sometimes, and it and it doesn't other times. I found out from one of his teachers that he didn't like the lunch at school, and so a friend gave him a fun dip. So he decided that's what he was going to eat. And then a teacher came up to him and it was like, Nathan, um, I don't think your mom would be happy that you're eating that. And he goes, it's okay. If I go low, I have a ring pop to catch it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> His backup plan for fun dip was a ring pop. 
was a ring pop. And I was like, have I ever, ever let you do that? I'm like, you knew your teachers were going to call you on that. Come on now. Oh my gosh. I could see check. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I can't tell you Arden hasn't done stuff like that. And he's 11, right? So, um, yeah. you know, I would get notes sometimes like, hey, I swapped this for this at lunch. And I was, and you just try to, like, you know, try to guesstimate what you lost in carbs and what you picked up and what you picked up or lost in, you know, glycemic load and that kind of thing. You're like, eh, I think it'll be okay. Or, you know, put in a little more or mm, make sure you eat it all. You, you know, one of those things. I think that's where, that's the biggest problem is that if he would have like sent you a text and been like, I know this is bonkers lady, but hold tight while I explain to you that I would like to not eat lunch today and instead have fun dip, which is powdered sugar with a sugar stick as a, with a stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 If anyone doesn't know what fun dip is, it literally is a stick made out of hard sugar and then a bag of powdered sugar and you lick the stick, stick it in the stuff. It sticks to it. Then you lick it off. It's fun dip. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's sugar. It's great. Yeah. It's pure sugar. It's but, great. It's but, fantastic. But you could have like been like, all right, like, would you have been? Would you have been like, all right, here's what I, I think we should try? Or would you have been like, shut up and eat the tuna fish? <laughs> I would have been like, shut up and eat your eat your lunch. <laughs> Bring the fun dip home. Cause, because I'm like, you don't need that much sugar at school. Like you have a hard enough time paying attention and focusing it as it, as it is. I don't think you need that bouncing around in you. So it, he knew I was going to say no, but I would have told him to bring it home. I oh. mean, the poor kid, he took the fun dip from though. I mean, like that was his fun dip. <laughs> he took it off of him. No, well, like, the kid gave it to him. So there was no pressuring involved. You don't think I, well, that I don't know. Honestly, Again, I really Texas, don't. he might've threatened him. He might have, bro. No. <laughs> well, interestingly, I I wonder if I do find myself wondering if he didn't have type one and didn't feel limited by it, would he have done that? Like maybe wasn't this one of those like, what's the last thing in the world I should be doing? I'm gonna do it situations. You ever, yeah. You ever feel like they it, might must feel like that sometimes? Yeah, I think he he would have probably not thought twice about it if he was not type one he would have just just ate it and ate the ring pop along with it too and not have thought anything of it you probably would have dipped the ring pop in the fun dip at some point in the fun dip yeah. <laughs> exactly just encrusted his diamond um my god well so <laughs> nice. what, how do you thank you i appreciate the laughter <laughs> how do you um i can't believe that that's what life has come down to i've made jokes about encrusting a diamond encrusting a diamond and you're, and you're like oh my god that's amazing <laughs> what how do you speak to him about it like about the food because the food sneaking must be most of your issue i would imagine that's a lot yeah that's a lot of it sometimes he is great and he will get so excited if they do something at school like he's had valentine's parties where they have ice cream and he will make a bowl list and he will nail it and i'm like why can't you do that all the time mm. You know, and he'll be so excited. He'll come home and be like, mom, I bolus for this and my sugar was great. And I'm like, well, good job. Fantastic. Like, uh, okay. So then the next week, like, why do we have this issue again? Like you bolus for it. You did great. I didn't say anything. I was proud of you. Like, and here we are, we're right back to the same situation where like you're, you're sneaking something. So uh, sometimes I have tried the, at first I tried the supportive approach, just like, listen, like, can you just tell me about it? And we'll bolus for it. It's not a big deal. And then I kind of went a little bit more, if as it continued, I went a little bit more stern and I like got out my nurse 
in me and like I, I I mean I took it down to like his level mm-hmm. but I've seen a lot and so when I was when he was first diagnosed I was a med surge nurse on, on a medical floor um and then he was diagnosed and it was it got to the point where they're like oh hey Shannon's kids type one let's give her every diabetic that walks through the door <laughs> compliant non-compliant and it just drove me to a point where I was like after the stuff I started seeing and I had uh, lost a couple of patients that were type one and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I had to get out. So now I'm a labor and delivery nurse, but, um, I kind of got real with them of the stuff that I've seen. And I'm like, I don't want that for you. I want a better life for you. I mean, like, I know we're going to have struggles. We're going to have days and, and that's okay, but I, you're going to, you can't just keep sinking it. You have to take care of this. Right. Well, I'm so you said earlier ADHD, you meant for him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Why do you think I'm ADHD? I didn't say that. I was just making sure. (laughs) We're getting, you're really comfortable now. Like I've spoken to you enough now that I know you're like, you've settled in. You feel comfortable? Okay. You're not, were you nervous at the beginning of this? Yeah, I'm still a little nervous. Yeah. There's no reason to be. But um, I, but I, I understand you're starting to, you're starting to go like, this is where you got your nickname that you gave yourself, I think, right in here. So tell oh. people when you text me. So we talked, Shannon and I talked about this before we started that a number of people contact me in a number of ways. And I don't really know who you are. So I have to go back and scroll and see what we talked about at the beginning. But some people have found ways to, like, for instance, Utah Jen will be like, hey, it's Utah Jen. And then I'm like, oh, and then it kind of puts me in that time frame. But how do you tell me who you are when you text again? Oh, hey, it's Shannon, the crazy lady from Texas. <laughs> That's exact. I don't know why that is because I didn't tell you you were crazy. You, um, you, <laughs> yeah, I coined that nickname myself. <laughs> you I guess. came up uh, that up by yourself was my point. Um, yeah. but it's nice because then I go, then everything that you and I are talking about right now kind of like solidifies in my head. I'm like, little kid, about this old, sneaks food, control IQ. Like, my brain kind of like puts it back together real quickly so we can talk again. Um, <laughs> And how many times do you feel like you've interrupted my life over the last six months? Oh, I don't know that I could put a number on it. I don't feel like it's that much. No, it's not but, that much. <laughs> I mean, comparatively to other people, I don't really know. Yeah, but there I mean, were times you where you'd be like, hey, I'm recording. You know, <laughs> stop texting me. <laughs> yeah, you, t- you text me more than my son does. But, I mean, that's... You know, oh, thanks. I'm just kidding. Um, but, no, I have had to be like, at times, I'm like, I can't do this now. You have to... <laughs> Like I, I, I wonder sometimes if people see me as in their minds as just this thing sitting on a pedestal waiting for you to need me, and then you like put me into action and I start talking. But I'm like I'm living, you know. Like there's a, per- I swear to you, a couple of weeks ago it wasn't you, and it wasn't a text, but it was through me- a messaging app, one of the freaking social media apps, and it's four o'clock in the morning, and someone Stop. and someone is messaging me. Hey, I was just wondering what you thought about this. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, you know, I, I'm like, oh, and I just ignored it, and I turned back over and went back to sleep. But then it kept happening. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, who doesn't do the math on this? <laughs> like, like they I, kept I, messaging you, like, well, they had questions, after? and then I ignored it, and then the, you know, because I was sleeping, and um. And then in the morning, I went to look at it, and they had burned themselves out. They asked the questions and then answered them for themselves and then said, sorry for bothering you. <laughs> well, at least I figured it out. They just needed to talk it out. And if you're hearing this right now and think it's you, don't be certain. 
because that does happen more than you think. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that there's part. There are some people who just think I'm a thing that sits in a box until they need it. You just wait for us to message you. Yeah, like oh, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, oh, thank God, Shannon needs me. <laughs> I mean, just, yes, I can be useful now. I've had nothing to do all day, but <laughs> exactly. Finally, I'm useful in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. I'm a whole person. Like I have a, <laughs> like a life and all that stuff. You know. I, I understand that. Yeah, so, but you you would try some stuff, and then you'd come back with kind of other questions. Which, by the way, I feel like if doctors would do this with people, it would work really well for them. But it takes it takes a leap on the other side. Like I'm in an interesting position, whereas you've now reached out to me personally, I've given you my own private disclaimer, which is for clarity. If anything I say on this phone call leads to your child's death, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and then you need to like audibly agree with me. Uh, Even if you just were to misunderstand something that I said, or I just misspoke or, or like whatever, you know? So I find that when, and tell me if this was true for you, but you were out of options. Like you don't message a stranger until you're out of options. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's nobody that's just like, Hey, I just, I wonder what this random person thinks on the third day of their diagnosis. You, you know, you've, you were through some shit and it wasn't going well. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. In short words. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's just, it's what it is. It's common sense, honestly. Like, you know, if somebody's, if somebody's reaching out to me personally, they're at the end of a, a pretty long leash and there's nowhere else to go. And, right. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to the podcast and I thought like, surely I should be able to figure this out. Like what is wrong with me? Cause like I'm listening, I'm trying to, but taking that leap and for you to say, like, you know, whatever amount of basal he was on 0.5.6. And I'm sitting here because I'm used to the endo going like, okay, we're going to go 0.57.62. Like, <laughs> it's going to take forever. And you're just like, nope, one, go. <laughs> like, turn it up. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I can do that. So I just needed it to be okay. And, and for you to like, and I did. I think I sent him to school. So then that Monday, we had him at one, and I was scared. And so I dialed it back. And I think I told you that. And you, you're like, you effed up my line. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, you did. Yeah, absolutely. Did. I did. I had a I did. lovely <laughs> line on that kid, and you screwed it right off. <laughs> I did, and I was like, God, he was bright. Damn it. <laughs> That's got to be frustrating. But at least we're not married, so you don't have to admit it out loud. <laughs> That's yeah, true. That's no one true. else will know. Like if this was your husband who said something correct and then you would just have to leave him before telling him he was right. I would imagine you don't probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> you don't, well, yeah, we can't, we can't go there. You can't admit any kind of defeat. Um, what was that? No, oh, sorry. I'm talking to myself. There's like a noise in the room. That was weird. In, in, in my, my room? room. No, no here. Oh, oh okay. the phone like made a noise and it freaked me out. Um, it really did. I was like, that's it. I'm going, this is it. One of them's crawling through the window. I'm done. <laughs> I, like, I hope it's not the lady that sent the cake pops. Cause Oh, the lady with the cake pops. <laughs> oh, if she's listening, please don't send those to me again. But they were so good. And to the rest of you, please don't try to figure out my address. It's freaky. I was saying, how did you find your address? If I tell you, then I'm going to be oh. dead. I can't tell you. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, she was industrious as hell. But sent some amazing cake pops. Oh, well, at least you know what? I take it back. If it. you're listening, send more cake pops. They send so more good. cake pops. Those were good. Those were good. 
my kids are like, where the hell are those cake pops at? I'm like, they're not in my belly. <laughs> you ate them all? I ate a number of them. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Rude. I Rude. really have, if you put me nowhere near baked products, I'm fine. But if you put me near them, I'm like, well, they're here to eat, right? <laughs> like, Exactly. I'm amazed at when you did the CGM thing, how much you could put away. Oh, I don't eat very much in my general life, so it was um, weird. Like, I think most of my weight not being optimal is that my body thinks I'm starving most of the time. Like, I don't I don't eat a lot of food. And so I'm like, All right, well, these people are, like, counting on me. So I was like, let me just make a giant bowl of cereal and then eat some candy and, like, you know, and, and do that stuff. It was hard. Like, I did not enjoy. Oh. And I gained, I think, like, 10 pounds in 10 days. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. And then the minute I stopped eating like that, it all just kind of fell away again. But I was Oh like, well, lucky you. Well, to be a boy, you know. Oh, you're stupid, mm-hmm. but you can lose weight easier. So yeah. Yeah. It's one of the perks. <laughs> one of the perks of being a boy. There's a couple other ones, but uh that weight that weight loss thing is one of them for sure. Uh for those who it works for. Um what was I gonna say to you? I've gotten off track. Know. No, no, no. Hold on, I can find it. I'm a professional. Okay. <laughs> You're a professional. I am. I'm a professional podcaster. I mean, I have a lot of podcasts and people pay me to for ads. I am technically yeah. a professional podcaster, which <laughs> is a little embarrassing because I'm 40, 49 years old. I think old. it's kind of cool. Listen, it's not embarrassing. Like, I'm not embarrassed by it. I think it's amazing. It's just that I grew up in a time where none of this stuff was real. Like, I grew up through a time where if you were on the internet and over 12, then you must have quote unquote lived in your mom's basement in your underwear playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like there was not, a, you know what I mean? Like it was a different yeah. world then. Um, and I, uh, I don't feel badly about being, a, I, I'm proud of what I do. It's just a weird thing. Like as an adult to say, like I was getting my taxes together the other day. I have somebody preparing my taxes and, and he's, you know, uh, he's like, what's your, you know, cause I usually tell them to put retired as my, <laughs> as my job. I, I used to because th- I was a, I've been a stay at home dad forever. So the yeah. first year I was a stay at home dad, the guy's like, you know, what do we put as your job? And I was like, put retired. Can we do that? And he goes, yeah. So for like a decade or more, you were on retired. my tax form, I was retired, like through my twenties and thirties, you know. Uh, and he's like, what do we write here? And I was like, podcaster. And he podcaster. Goes, and he yeah. laughed at me because he's an adult. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's right. I'll put that down. I was like, oh, okay. you're a podcast man, right? Uh, to some people, I guess yeah. it's a weird thing. But I mean, honestly, you feel like you know me, right? Uh, yeah, I can yeah. see that when people say that. So right. yeah, because we listen to you, so we feel like we know you. I know it's a very strange thing. You would hate me probably in person. You'd be like, "Oh my god, he's so boring." <laughs> I don't really do anything. <laughs> no, I think you're pretty funny. You go off on tangents sometimes too, which I can appreciate. So listen, I have thoughts, and they need to come out. And when I try to yeah. express them in front of my family, they're not interested in them. So you people have to hear them. <laughs> That's that, damn it. <laughs> so we get the pleasure. Also, once in a while, I go off on a rant and say something pretty goddamn thoughtful about type one. So <laughs> just sit back and listen for those gems to come out. I know. You never know when those are going to come across. That's the point. That's how I keep you listening. <laughs> well, no, I don't do that on purpose. It's just the conversations lead where they lead. You yeah. Know? So um, getting back to you and your control IQ. So yeah. we. So what are the settings that needed the most, the most adjustment? Basil? And then what from there? Um, Basil and the correction ratio, because the more I've learned about it, it, it's just, I wish I could get the basil and the bolus to that point where I wouldn't need the correction ratio, because honestly, the correction ratio um, 
algorithm is too complicated because if I'm going to correct him in the pump and like, he's going to eat and we're going to just put in his blood sugar and it's going to give a correction. It's going to give a hundred percent of whatever correction ratio I decided. If the pump is automatically like he's rising and the pump is automatically going to give a correction, but it, it takes into account his insulin on board and whatever, it only gives 60% of that correction mm-hmm. factor. So how in the world do you figure that out? Cause so I, yeah, I think that 60% algor- isn't enough. Right. I think that algorithm is designed probably all of them actually are designed with the idea of pick a range and let's stay in that range. And if we get to the higher point of that range in a couple of hours, let's be back down again. Like, doesn't that seem like it's the goal of the algorithm to just kind of keep you gentle rolling lines? Yeah. And, but in range is more like 180 to 80 or something like that is the way it thinks of it. Right. Like it, I think it's 80 to 110, I think. Well, that's the target. But, but yeah, oh. But it's not like when you get to 180, the thing suddenly like, I know I usually say 60%, but let's do 150% now. It doesn't get aggressive. It just, right. it's like, okay, we'll hold it up here, and then we'll slowly bring it back down again. The idea being slowly coming back down should keep you from being low at the end of that. And for most people... Like, really, you talked earlier about working in medicine and seeing a lot of people with type 1 who were not in a good way. So how many people with type 1 did you see who were just like, boom, my A1C is in the fives. Everything's fine versus none. none. (laughs) Right. So like when Arden had to get a cyst removed a couple years ago and we were in the hospital and I'm trying to get them to let me do what I want to do, I lead with her A1C because I say my daughter's A1C has been in the fives for six or seven years, then they just think, oh, he knows what he's doing. And then they leave me alone. So it's just that it's not that it's the number that they're like, oh, okay, the number. He's okay. But how often do you see that versus how often do you see people who are really struggling? And I think, you know, in a hospital setting, obviously you're seeing sicker people, but, Mm -hmm. you know, people get sick for other reasons that aren't diabetes related and you still meet people with type one. So my point is, is that most people, like any of those people who you're talking about, meeting in the hospital, if you were to slap control IQ on them 20 years ago, they'd be in a much better situation today than they are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, and so I think it's my expectation that whether it's tandem or Medtronic or maybe even Omnipod coming out soon, that's their, that's gotta be their business goal, right? Is to help the most people. And so Mm -hmm. then you got to figure out how to take that tool they've given you and make it more aggressive. If you're a person who doesn't want to be living in the six and a half or sevens, you want to be living in the fives and you seem like you're figuring it out. So what do you do? He needs a lot of adjustment. Um, and every day is different. And I mean, his endo and I were talking about this, that it, that it has to do with like, he'll go to school and something will stress him out. and. I mean, he will just skyrocket. And then other days he doesn't like she pulled his two, his two week, um, Dexcom graph thing. And it's like, well, here he shot up between, you know, eight and eight thirty, And then this day he shot up between 10 and ten thirty, And, and it's just like, it's just a crap shoot basically. So I, I try to, at least with control acute, try to pick a basal that's not too high. Um, so then that way control IQ will kind of back off on it and, and get it in a decent enough range and not too low because then control IQ will only go so far with it. 
it's it's that, a challenge. But that makes it's sense not- to me because that's how I have Arden's loop set up right now. Like to be so aggressive that on the days where she's not really offering any resistance, her blood sugar might sit in the mid seventies for like long stretches. But that same those same settings on a more stressful day or on, you know, the third day of a pump instead of the first day of a pump or something like that, those same settings might hold her at 110 or 120 without intervention. And the settings haven't changed, but they're just so aggressive. That's how I think of it. Make them as aggressive as you can be for the so that on the light days you're not low, but on the heavier days you're not too high. Is that how you think of it? Yeah. I mean, we. I wish our numbers looked like that on a on a, on a stressful day, like 110. Right. I mean, I looked a little bit ago and he was climbing, he was like 170. And for, for what, I don't, I don't know. His basil was at one at that point. And I had him at 1.1 earlier in the day. Cause we had talked recently and you said, um, and you suggested it was a, it was a good idea to increase the basil earlier in the morning for a short amount of time to help with the pre-bolus for breakfast. Because if I'm here, I, pre-bolus um if i'm working because i work nights um and my husband's here they don't get as much of a Mm pre-bolus so uh that has helped so he had a higher basil this morning but i was here and i pre-bolus and so he dropped to like 73 and i had him bump with a little bit of um juice and he just shot up from there oh I, when so, you said 73 i was like wow great job and then you're like i gave him juice i was like no don't give him juice oh <laughs> uh, well he was still it was straight arrow down oh so he, he was, was falling still, i see yeah he was still going down so and then but i gave him a little juice but then i had him correct with a little bit of insulin and but he still i don't know if it's a protein or if it was math class because that sometimes works right. <laughs> so sometimes like, jacks it up too this morning arden's been real like uh, difficult to move but that's like she's like at 120 and 130 is the high side of it. So we've like I've been very aggressive over the last couple of hours trying to break this free. I've tried a couple of different things. None of them have really worked. Um, but now I just went with more basil. Like I just like I jacked her basil up like 200 percent for an hour. And well, and I'm going to try to break it that way. Yeah. Um, but I, when he's at school, are you not in contact with him right now? Um, well, I, he has a phone and he has a smartwatch so he can see my text messages. So I, I can, I text him, but I try to be careful. And sometimes I'll just let it ride because he will, if I correct too much, like at home, it's one thing I can, I can correct it and, and I'll let him ride. Like it doesn't bother me, but at school it's different. And I love his nurse. She's really sweet. Um, but she has to keep him in the nurse's office until he's above until he's 75 or above. So a lot of that time, a lot of that, um, he ends up being overcorrected. And so he goes back at 75, but then within 45 minutes, he's 200. And so I'd rather just leave him sit. If he's 170, I'd rather just leave it because if I drop him, then he ends up in the nurse's office and then I've shot the horse of the day because it'll be overcorrected. Yeah, Instead so of a little, still, you're nudge. still chasing to some degree. Then I'm what you're still chasing you. blood sugars to some degree. Then some, yeah, some degree. A lot of it's at school. If he's home, it's totally different. Yeah. So what so, is it, what's the difference? Is it just the the immediacy that you're able to get to him at home versus at school? Um, I think it's a couple different factors. I think the stress because he'll tell me that like it, it used to be every day in math class that he'd spike. Mm-hmm. 
And so I messed with the basil for math class, but then that stopped. And so then it was like 7.30, the second his feet hit the pavement at school, he shot up. Mm-hmm. Then that stopped. It's like, it's just random times throughout the day that he just randomly shoots up. Um, and then here he doesn't have those, those spikes like that. Yeah. He's a lot more steady. And, uh, so you he's know, I, at school I don't know. I, I assume it's a school thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. I would imagine, too, as he gets older, that should get a little better. I hope so. I mean, honestly, <laughs> don't you think? Because it's aggravating. Because I'm like, he doesn't do this at home. Why do you do this at school? <laughs> it, 11's too young to tell a kid to man up. But in Texas, is the number is the age lower? <laughs> when, do you, when, do you, when do you get to tell him to man up? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just, I'm I still kind of t- <laughs> tell him that. I'm like, he's like, well, then I find out we have a test. And so then I get really nervous. And I'm like, well, what's the point? Because all it does is jack with your blood sugar. Yeah, it hits him before he knows any better. He's little. I mean, really, yeah. he's eleven. He doesn't know what he's doing. But um, pretty much, it's gonna happen. Honestly, it's gonna happen, and you're gonna deal with it. And then one day, it's not gonna happen anymore. Though I'll tell you, the one thing that I would say to people who are raising kids in general or with diabetes specifically is that whatever the problem is right now, is not what the problem will be in four months. It's always changing. Like everything's always progressing and growing or, you know, getting better. Some things get better. Some things get worse. Like whatever it ends up being, it's going to be ever changing forever. It's never going to stop. Like you, if you, people's biggest mistake with diabetes is they want to get to this, like set it and forget it moment. And it just doesn't really exist. Like, you know, if you're trying to get a five and a half A1C, you're going to be making adjustments. And they might not be big adjustments, like going from 0.5 to 1, but they're going to be adjustments nevertheless. If you see, you know, at some point this morning, Arden's going to get done school in like a couple of minutes. And if her blood sugar doesn't start coming down, then I'm going to assume that the whole day is being impacted like this, not just the school time. And I'm going to make her settings more aggressive for the rest of the day. I live by the exact opposite of what your doctor tells you, which I'm sure they say better high than low. I always yeah. say I'd rather stop a lower falling blood sugar than fight with a high one. And I'm just always coming from that, that opinion. And I'll tell you, it, it bites you in the ass sometimes. Like two nights ago, Arden, so three nights ago, Arden was low. What in God's name is happening to my thing? Hold on a second. <laughs> is that you? That's my son. Yeah, hold on a second. Wow. Um... Let me tell him. Okay. Um, three nights ago, she was persistently lower, like to the point where I was like, oh, I don't know what's happening here. And there was no reason I could figure it just, I don't know. It, it had to have done. She missed two pills in her cycle and it messed her cycle up. And that yeah. has to be what happened. Like I, everything got monkeyed up. And so I was like, Ugh. so she persistently lower this one night. I fixed it. And then going into the next night, I thought, I wonder if this persistent low is going to happen again. But I did not act like it was going to. I was as aggressive as I always am. So when she said she wanted a snack at like like Friday night at like 11 o'clock and she said she's going to have a granola bar and an orange, I bolused for it. And it was too much. And she got persistently low again and I fixed it. And then the third night came along. And I still stayed aggressive. Like, I'm not going to change a month's worth of the way I do things because she got persistently low once or twice because that's right. going to stop. Like I knew it was going to stop. So I'm not going to back off. Like I keep going. 
if you and I are ever boxing together, I'm going to hit you at least three times after the guy says you're done. So, you <laughs> right. know, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be kickboxing or that. What is that? That mixed martial arts stuff. Oh, mixed, yeah, yeah MMA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're definitely getting hit once while you're laying on the ground if it's me. So, um, like, I'm not stopping till until I know I'm winning. And and I just don't lay back. And it, it once in a while creates a low. But Arden's settings are really rock solid. And I understand diabetes pretty well. So I can be aggressive across the board. But, you know, like you were saying earlier, like you moved like you were moving basils like 0.05 at a time or something like that. I'm always fascinated when people are like, my blood sugar is 200 all the time. And I'm like, it looks like basil. And they're like, okay, I moved it from 0.3 to 0.4. I'm like, you weigh 120 pounds. You think that's going to do it? Really? Like, yeah. like you think well, that's, that's what be- you're kind of taught, though. That, I mean, I feel like that's what we were taught is like 10% or 20% or whatever the percentage is. Mm-hmm. Is it just little bits at a time, little bits at a time. And and sometimes it's, especially when you're dealing with puberty now, it's not enough. Right. <laughs> you know, I used to say all the time years ago on the podcast that I think of those adjustments as like, what if I taught you today how to drive? You had no idea how to drive, Shannon. I was like, I'm going to teach you. And I said something kind of benign, like when you approach a curve, just push the push the brake down just halfway. Never push it down farther than that. And you're coming up to a curve with a big tree in it. And you're like, I think I'm going to hit the tree. Would you go, well, the guy who taught me said only push the brake down halfway and then just run right into the tree and be like, oh, I did what I was told. Or would you stop the car? And I think of like those basal adjustments the same way. Like when you push it down that slow, like just point one at a time and look for little kids, point one could be like everything. But I talk to adults who are like, I'm afraid to go past point three. I'm like, you're 53 years old. You weigh 150 pounds and your blood sugar is constantly 240. You really think like a little more is going to be. And then then you get into that percentage game where people are like, well, you can't double it. And I'm not saying double your basil. I'm saying that if you're a person who needs double the basil you're getting, it becomes like psychologically hard to get past. But I mean, yeah, you're doing a really great job. First of all, yeah, no, 100 percent. Don't don't think otherwise. And a year or so from now, you'll be doing much better. And then he's going to turn into a real boy and then he's going to be an actual problem. And then Uh, you'll have to go again. You know, and things are going to just keep morphing. If you're looking for like. If you're looking for like a Zen place where you never have to think of it again, I mean, uh, get him married. You, you know, what I mean? make 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 him somebody else's problem. <laughs> make him somebody else's problem. Yeah, he told me uh, that he was going to move next door to us, so I could always change his site. Well, this was when he was first diagnosed, so, right. so I have that to look forward to. He said he was going to live next to me. You should be like, you can't afford the real estate around here. Get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Can you imagine how disappointing it would be if you worked your whole life to live in a house and then your kid at 21 years old could afford to live on your street? You'd be like, damn it. Like either I, I, either I really underperformed or this kid's killing it. One or the other. <laughs> I hope he's killing it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, obviously that would be nice. I would like it for my kids to have enough money to move away from me, not just live where I am. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to have a nice re- like when they're older. I dream of being around them enough so that when it's possible, we can be together. And at the same time, I realize as you get to be an adult, like you don't see your parents very much. Now it's a really yeah. um. It, so I just want to be nearby in case like it gets nice on a Saturday and we can like have a like a lunch or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I don't want to live here my whole life. I want to move. So I'm, I, I, I sprinkle ideas in their heads about places to live. Places to 
to live. It's too cold up there. <laughs> yeah, this isn't right. I need to be somewhere warmer than this. Do you remember when we were supposed to originally do this? We had our ice mageddon here, and I messaged you, and I was like, how do you handle this? <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> and you might have, because you guys had no, like, like no ability to deal with like the cold weather at it, all. It was horrible. I mean, like we're not used to this here in the South. I mean, like we get cold, but like maybe thirty, I guess. You know, and my, it, yeah. And it was like negative was something. Yeah, yeah, and there was snow, and you didn't know how to handle it. Uh, well, I mean, people here don't know how to drive in any kind of precipitation at all, like just rain or mm-hmm. frozen precipitation, especially worse than frozen. But then we kept losing power. And so our house was like 40 degrees yeah. and then the water would go out. It was like, we're just not equipped for this here. <laughs> you guys are so unsure of cold weather that I saw somebody say, I don't know what to do. My refrigerator shut off. How do I keep my insulin cold? And I said to them, why don't you take it outside? <laughs> it's like, it, I was I like, mean, yeah. put it in a cooler, wrap it up a little bit to protect it from the elements and then take it outside where it's cold. Like a refrigerator usually is. And they were like, yeah. oh, my God, that's a great idea. I was like, they're so unaccustomed to it being cold outside. That was not even but a consideration. I actually had to bring the insulin in the house because the garage was so cold. It got too cold. Right. Like the, some of the stuff was freezing in the because we have a fridge in the garage. Some yeah. of it was freezing. And that's where I usually keep the insulin. So I had to bring it in the house. Yeah. You have to still like, put it in like a thermos so that it can only get so cold inside. But yeah, not, not so much so. But no, but the point was they didn't even realize like, oh, yeah, outside is cool. It's never cool. And um. You know, that's just that. Do you know my brother has a manufacturing job in Wisconsin that for a week they couldn't do because of the snow in Texas? They couldn't get materials out of Texas that they needed. Oh, really? And actually stopped manufacturing in Wisconsin of some things. Look crazy? at that. Look so, at we stopped. Yeah. Your inability to drive it. in the rain messed everybody up. <laughs> it, it, it did. It's very frustrating. I mean, I'm from Miami, so I'm not, I don't, I'm not accustomed to any type of snow either mm-hmm. so i mean my husband mike he'll drive he's from upstate new york so like, yeah we're okay you just drive i around here you don't go out until there's like a couple of feet of snow then you're like oh i can't wait to go out and drive around see what this is like <laughs> <laughs> make it a challenge you know all right so shan is there anything we didn't talk about that we should have covered um i don't know i don't think so i just wanted to hear your story out loud like that's all i i, I think it's interesting to know where you started, how much of a struggle it was that you had to find some help that the help helped. And now you're, now you're in the midst of figuring out other things. And I wanted you to know that it's going to keep continuing and you'll, I think you're going to keep doing a really good job, but that it's never going to get easy. It's just going to change. Yeah. I kind of had to let that go. It's really hard to see. And maybe it's easier if when he gets older and he's an adult, but you see these lines on these like Facebook groups and, and these beautiful lines and they're basically straight all day long. And I don't know, maybe that's attainable for an 11 year old, but we have not been able to attain that. I mean, we can still keep him, you know, in the high fives, a one C and I'm okay with that. And Mm -hmm. we still have spikes and, and it's okay. I just have to like be like, it's okay. It's gonna be okay. I tell myself to calm down. You I, know, you I have to. This. I have to drop in here. If people think that Arden's doesn't have spikes, they're not listening. Arden spikes just like everybody else does. Yeah. To, to me, well, and maybe I see these them. adults on the Facebook page post their post their graphs, and oh. I'm like, ugh. Well, a couple things. A, you don't know what they're eating, and B, are they yeah. posting them every day? I haven't. Yeah, it might have been that day. Yeah, they were just like, I finally got it right. Look at this. Let me show somebody. And even that's and, well worth you know celebrating. But you know, you don't see them every day. 
Yeah, tomorrow like, might be another story. Oh no, if you saw Arden's graph from three days ago, you'd be like, "I'm not listening to this podcast." I don't know what he's talking about. You <laughs> know, but it's just, but it's just what happened that day, and there were circumstances, and you know, I let her try to manage some stuff on her own to see what would happen, and then I stepped back in. I took a 24 hour shot of her graph, and I said, "See this here? This is because of how you did this or didn't do this, and that's why that's important." And you know, you see here where you went to sleep, and then you know, your decision stopped impacting your blood sugar, you see how it, it leveled right out again. So, I mean, everything's good. It's just it, the idea that you're going to get it all straight now is odd to me. Like when anybody thinks like today, I want to get it fixed. Like, I don't think it works that way, especially when you're yeah. dealing with kids and it's a long road. So I think everything's a learning experience. I think for adults as well, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think it really changes much for adults or kids. It's just who's, you know, traditionally in charge of it i guess whether it's you or somebody else i don't know i think you're doing terrific your husband thanks is uh does he help much with this what's his level of yeah he does he it's been a lot harder for him um at first it was like well you're a nurse you know how to do this it's just easier for you um and i you know i don't necessarily see that to be true it's Mm -hmm. it's hard all around especially when it's your kid and um, maybe I understood, like, I didn't have to practice giving shots in the hospital before I could take him home. They, they knew I could handle that. Um, so, I mean, he, he's gotten a lot better, but I've had to kind of like help him along the way because he'll be like, well, they didn't teach us that in the hospital, like the different, um, like that protein and fat affects your blood sugar later on. And that, like you always say, a cup of watermelon and a cup of pasta are going to affect you completely differently. Right you know, I've had to kind of like work with him through that because he's like, but they didn't teach us that. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter that they didn't teach us that. This is the way that it is. Let me just <laughs> say this. Boys are, you know, boys. And so, uh, yeah, just tell them what to do. I, listen, I saw a woman on the Facebook page yesterday. I had mad respect for her. She said that she wanted her husband to listen to the pro tip episodes. And he said no. And she just made him. I was like, that's the way to do it. That's you. <laughs> girls don't understand your power sometimes you know what i mean like just she was like just do it and he went okay it's <laughs> like stop thinking of us as men and think of us as 12 year old boys because that's how boys. we're thinking just tell us what to do we're dying for someone to tell us what to do that's all <laughs> you know and just <laughs> i mean funny. listen i don't want to talk out of school but girls you could pretty much make guys do anything like are you paying attention we're basic you know what i'm saying <laughs> shannon you want your husband to learn how to think about fat and bolt and fat and protein you could get through to him. <laughs> I'm probably right. Yeah. I could. Take him back I'm to that just... hotel and tell him he's going to understand fat and protein before you check in. He'll... Oh, my God. You're never going to let that one down. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. You definitely shouldn't have said that. But he's going to sit there with a pen and paper and a calculator and figure it out real quick out in the lobby. you would be like, look, we're sitting in the lobby till you understand until you get this. how fat a, from a French fry hits this kid's blood sugar. And he'll be like. He'll look like Bill Nye, the science guy, all of a sudden. I'll be like, all right, explain it slow. Make sure I get it the first time. I need to get to the room. I just don't understand how you girls don't understand that. But um, for those of you that do, way to go. Yeah. He's good. He's good, though. He's gotten much better. He, I'm sure. He, I think he gets it now. Good. Well, yeah. for the most part. Gets what? Gets the blood sugar. Oh, that was a joke. You didn't get it. Never mind. I did. I stopped. I you was stopped like, oh, yourself. God. All right, so give me two minutes here before we go, but I do have to go. Uh, okay. Texas, should I move there? Is that one of the places I should go or no? Um, I mean, I like it here. It's I feel like it's 
one of the more affordable places to live, although our housing has gone up quite a bit. But I mean, overall, it's it's hotter than hell in the summer, though. Mm, so I don't want that. Okay. I mean, All right. I, oh, I don't I, know if you don't like heat, then those people from California are messing up your real estate, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're moving here from California, um, please stop. I, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> no, everything has gone up. It's so crazy. Yeah, people are showing up with more cash than the area requires, and they're overpaying for houses, and it's driving up the real estate price. So people who live there can't afford to buy something now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, we bought, we've lived here in this house for like 14 years. So, I mean, we bought at a reasonable rate, but around us, I'm like, oh my gosh, mm, maybe like it's time to sell. For this. Like, maybe it's house? time to sell, make some money. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then you're gonna have to move west because nobody wants to live in West Texas, right? Oh, no, I don't want to go west. <laughs> Look at you just so willing to ship people from West Texas for some reason. <laughs> no, I don't know anything about West Texas. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> well, I would go more east, I think. Not east Texas, but like east out of Texas. Like the Carolinas? Um, that far? I feel like Carolinas were really humid. Like my brother lives in Tennessee, and so we kind of talked about like maybe going that way. Yeah, my whole know. goal in life is to make enough money so that in the winter I can live somewhere warm and in the summer I can live somewhere cool. These are my, oh. my only goal. Well, you better get cracking. I'm never going to get to it. I'm just saying that's my that's what keeps me getting up in the morning. The idea that I oh. can accomplish that, but I can't. But I'm still okay. going to try. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I got you. I tease myself with a carrot on a stick. It's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> like someday I'll have my summer house and my winter house. Yeah, I won't, but it keeps me moving. It's sort of yeah. like, you know, it's other stuff. I don't want to say anymore. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> you good? I'm good. All right. Of course, I want to thank Shannon. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your story and for not texting me recently. I really appreciate that, too. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. Don't text me. But you know what I'm saying. Thanks also to Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod Promise. Head over to Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox right now. See if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. And of course, Find out what your blood sugar is doing so you can see it right in front of you. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Remember during the uh, ad, I told you my daughter's blood sugar was 107. It's 94 now and still very stable. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting the show. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'll be back very, very soon with another episode of the juice box podcast. Oh, you know what? I messed up. Uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash juice box podcast. I have new members and I forgot to mention them. I feel bad. Um, Kate, Diane, someone, Sue, Yoli, Sarah, Amy, Stephen, Connie, Anna, Laura, Marinda, Melinda, excuse me, Melanie, another someone, Corey, Jessica, Nancy, Sue, Shannon, Marilyn, Allison, Larissa, Melissa, Leah, Blue, Julie, Grace, Daniel, Jennifer, and Jeanette. Those people are members, but many, many other people have just kind of thrown me a couple of bucks, which I greatly appreciate. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash juice box. Let me remind you, too, to go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box and fill out the survey if you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone with type 1 In less than 10 minutes, you can take the survey for the T1D Exchange. It will benefit the show, and it will benefit people living with type 1 diabetes. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Now I think I'm really done.
Except uh, if you're on TikTok at Juicebox Podcast, go check that out. Follow along. There's going to be some cool stuff. I promise.